And the bass keeps Ronin, Ronin, in Ronin, God Ronin, in, yeah. Ronin, Ronin. I, I like that actually. And, uh, to quote this film uh, and predict the content of the podcast we are about to receive, what could have been handled in a collegiate atmosphere is now fucked into a cocked hat. This is Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. That's Abe. That's Michael. And we have two guests this time. Introduce yourselves, guests, at any time you want. I am Sarah Griffith, and I had to say my name before Bridget. That's why I yelled a little, but yes, that's me. <laughs> you get extra points. Yes. And uh, who else we got? <laughs> what? I didn't, oh, God, if there were points on the table, I would have I would have not been polite, but I'm Bridget Greenberg. See how Abe slyly set himself up as the arbiter of who wins? See, he put himself wow. with the yeah. point system. Minus five points for Michael. <laughs> That's the guy for pointing that out. That's the kind of manipulative gaslighting that almost every character in Ronan is uh, trying to play out. Way huh. to keep us on track. Thank you. What? Yeah, that was really like nice. Good. Bravo. <laughs> and thanks yeah. to uh, thanks to patron Nikolai G for this request. I do think it's the perfect combo, like the perfect yeah. time for all four of us to come together um, yeah. for a film like Ronan. Yeah. So, gosh, how do we dive into this thing? Has I? I'll say this. I saw Ronan in theaters. I remember my pop taking me to Ronan and yeah. uh, I was too young for it because I went away thinking, I don't understand what happened in that movie. For sure. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to rewatch it as an adult and totally get every aspect of what was going on. It's not that complicated. Once you once you can wrap your head around what a MacGuffin is, uh, it's not that complicated. But if you try to keep right. track of the suitcase, uh, it's yeah, it's it's messy. It's one of those things that's all about the intrigue. It's like why like a baby wouldn't want to watch like game of thrones or something sure. like that it's like mm. well okay so the drama is really between like what we don't know and how they're going to navigate the situation not knowing and it's like okay that's hard to translate it's surprising how much this movie moves for the fact that it's mostly it's car chases and then people in rooms talking that's all yes. it is. Uh, and yeah, a couple of bang bang shoot 'em ups but those are very short mm. it really is car chase more than bang bangs yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like the car chases are what what gets you to see this movie. Or like what um Frankenheimer was super into, yeah, the director. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh Yeah, that that's the pull of this movie. That's really what we what we're all here for. Are those two really awesome chases. Uh And they are pretty cool. Uh I was surprised. Did you guys n notice that there's like no special effects in this movie? And I don't mean even visual effects. They, it's just they filmed the cars yeah. doing the yeah. things. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 this movie came out in '98, but as I was watching it, for some reason, I was like, "Well, of course, there's no visual effects. They didn't have that kind of stuff back then." Like, I don't know why. I like dated <laughs> this film like 40 or 50 years, like just because I'm just so used to. I mean, mm -hmm. fuck, they will CGI a tree in the background of a shot. These, you know. They'll to cover put it in a, anywhere. Yeah, and so like, radio I, tower or whatever. so like a few times watching this, I did have to remember, okay, this came out in 1998. Like this is not some like ancient old time motion picture. Like they could have done it and they did it. And I didn't think this director, he also directed Grand Prix. And if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. like that was also like heralded for like, you know, it was all real car sequence. Like, this dude loves a car chase. He is always about keeping it real, keeping it authentic. Um, just tearing through ancient, historic Paris, 
niece who <laughs> right. gives a fuck. We're driving. Oh, cars are getting destroyed. We left are and driving right. through the market. We are knocking boxes over. Pedestrians are running and apples are flying. Old school. Jesus. Full yeah. throttle car chase. It, it's such a <laughs> it's such a simple element of a car chase, but I love when a car goes the opposite direction. On of the traffic oh, or whatever. Yeah. On a oh, yeah. Nothing will get my heart racing more than a car going the opposite direction than it's supposed to. Uh, that's always just a great element of a car chase, and they do that so well in that tunnel. I watched like a quick little featurette of, about the movie, and uh, John Frankenheimer was like, the only thing I don't want to see in this movie are brake lights. Like, damn. <laughs> okay, damn. King. What a bumper cold, sticker dude. that is. That's yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> All gas, no brakes. Yeah, which Fuck. is incredible because that that is interesting. Because I, what I was thinking about when I saw this car chase is that it felt so real because you do see them slow down to like turn and stuff and not yeah, kill right? people. Yeah, and not kill and like try to avoid and not people just like hopping out of their way. You do it does feel a little more realistic because uh, I do. I called out they do uh, drift they, around they uh, drift. roundabout <laughs> and it is a very he slow drifts. drift. It's yes, not a it's Tokyo not, drift. I also love that drift. even when they don't need to, Larry, I, which makes sense because who would become a getaway driver? Some fucking nerd who thinks he's cool because he can drift, right? Yeah. So I did mm -hmm. love that Larry, the getaway driver, will drift even when he doesn't need to. Like when he's setting up uh, yeah. ahead of time to head the guys off at the pass and do the ambush, he like peels off the freeway yeah. and drifts in a U-turn and then stops and calmly yeah. goes like, I'm in position now. And you're like, who was that for? <laughs> that one was just for Larry. Just baby. for me. <laughs> Look, Larry, it's not, not his car, not his transmission. Vincent not can get another problem. one. Yeah. This is for yeah, the boys. Exactly. Yeah. I also love that there is, like we were talking about the realism, about like how they, they really wanted to put like extras almost getting hit by cars mm -hmm. and they just shot it and they're not like cranking the camera at crazy speeds so like yeah if they want it to look like it's going 100 miles an hour there's no camera trickery yeah it's no a car going 100 miles an hour and that is crazy that they're doing that and then they're also keeping it like down to earth in a way yeah. that i don't think like fast and furious or other like car franchises do like i love the little touch at the uh, in the second car chase where they're constantly flashing the brights to warn other drivers yeah mm -hmm. i thought that was really interesting i think it, also just like the way it's shot isn't it puts you more in the passenger or in the seat of the car than a Fast and Furious where you're watching it as an audience. You're watching it right. from these yeah. like crane angles uh, in a movie like Fast and the Furious where here you're watching it through the windshield. So you're either it, looking right. directly at the drivers from a front facing angle or directly out their windshield. Uh, you're not really getting this like completely other view of it that takes you out. It does make you feel like you're going at that speed. Totally. Yeah, visually it's good to finally have the answer to the question what would before sunrise look like if there were some, <laughs> like fucking raunchy car chases in the middle of it and it would be something like this i think i oh. think so yeah it's like it's more about the interpersonal relationships yeah uh, sarah and i's two favorite movies fast and mm -hmm. furious meets before sunrise wow. oh my mistake fuck. Cast and curious is why you're here, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I'm, if I understand you're the, the way Nikolai G thinks, yeah. I, I love the reputation we have now as like just full car people. I love it. I think Bridget <laughs> yeah, leases yeah. a Nissan and I have a Honda. 
<laughs> but like we're the car people, sure. Hey, I have a, it's, uh, it's, it's not even that cool. It. I have a Mazda, uh, the, the, which I have a hatchback. It's not exciting. We're not exciting hey, drivers. Is it like the Zoom Zoom car? Wasn't yeah. that the commercial? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I am a, a cool car person. <laughs> you are I take it back. Cool. so deemed you're both cool car people i do think if i could give just the barest of descriptions for people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about some context yeah 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 um from a top level view it's so yeah it's four car chases right but then around that there's also people and i would say part of the draw is the cast it does have a killer cast you got jean renault uh, of the professional fame, De Niro, of course, holding it down as the titular Ronan, I guess. Although you could argue the twist is that he's not a Ronan. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess they're all they're all Ronan. They're all Ronans, and except we, him, we are Ronan. Except for the man. Except him. Yeah, that's the twist. Is that the title refers to everyone else? And you thought it? Yeah, referred, yeah. I think. But uh, basically, it's uh, spoilers. Him as an undercover CIA agent infiltrating a band of hardened mercenary criminals, much like your usual suspects, or I even saw some shades of Breaking Bad and other things. For sure. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, he's very competent in a Mike Ehrmantraut sort of way. And they go about trying to recover a case, Pulp Fiction style, and we never know what's in the case. And it's all about everyone's machinations against each other, trying to get the case, wanting the case reservoir dog style. Who's going to get the case who can get the case. And you know, there's twists and turns and people betray each other. I think this may be one of the most dense movies I've ever seen with betrayals. Like at the moment when Jonathan price betrays everyone, I barely under, like it took me a moment to understand Oh, he's even betraying Deirdre. Okay, he's betraying everyone. Yeah, definitely. This was was my first watch, and I did a couple of times have to rewind and like double check that I was still like, I I I'm understanding this correctly, right? Like I had to check myself a couple of times in that regard. Like, why did he slit that guy's throat? I guess he's flipping now. I guess he's flipping. Okay, he flipped. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were saying it's a simple movie, but then I was like, I was confused at multiple points as to who is working with who and where we're at, who is chasing what and where it is. I know this show likes to do a plot by plot summary. And the whole time I was watching this, I was like, oh, fuck, please don't ask me to do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, the you're you're kind of. I mean, you're you're truly chasing this MacGuffin, and then you find out at the end. I mean, of course, in in true fashion, that uh, that didn't even matter. That's not what we were chasing. We were looking for uh, Jonathan. Price. It was about the friends we made along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's kind of I think as Nikolai may have pointed out in our interchange, but correct me if I'm wrong, Abe. It it also kind of presages some John Wickish stuff where it's like. God damn, he's so competent. He's the ultimate cool mercenary. Yeah. And it's yeah. almost like the end of the movie is revealing he was John Wick the whole time and you didn't yeah. know. Yeah, he can see everything like who's in the room is going to betray him. He can shoot the best. He even dictates at one point in one scene his own surgery. Yeah. Oh, that was badass. It's a very old school perception of like of maleness, right? It's somewhere yeah. between James Bond and John well, McClane. and professionalism. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Professional I, I, know, I know a handful of guys who like, no kidding, think they are Robert De Niro in this movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I this think- is the poster that I think a lot of men have in their minds of like, yeah, that's who I am. And it's like, 
No. You're mostly Sean. You're mostly Sean Bean. All you mostly guys. Yeah, Sean, mostly Sean, Sean Bean is more representative of most guys I know who think they're this cool. Guy's just a liar and gets Sean Bean called doesn't. Out. And Sean Bean doesn't die in this one. I but he but he doesn't make it through the film. He like no, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't get past the first act. But he can't yeah, complete a two acts of a three act film. Yeah, he's just there to show off that De Niro is so good. He disarms him with coffee, bro. Yeah, dude. He ambushes him with a cup of with coffee. coffee. That, no that, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, that was cool as a fuck. Hell yeah, that was cool. That's the Ermin Trout touch. That's what I love is like, that's what reminds me of Mike is the simple process where you like, an old man goes and picks up a paper clip and puts it on a shelf and you're like, what's that for? And then later a guy falls and his eye is skewered on the paper and you're like, oh, yeah. how did he know that He's was going to be? equalizer. I do love that De Niro's own real move in this, which he does three or four times, is putting something somewhere ahead of time so it will yeah. be there later. <laughs> like that is yeah. his go-to yeah. move. <laughs> well, it's his competence, competence in this movie is all through. I mean, it shows up in like, it almost seems like neuroticism. Like he is asking <laughs> the most questions and needs the most detail and is like setting things up in the way he wants them set up. Um, but it's because he's the best. Um, it it's like one of my other the scene that I love probably the most is the scene where um he's with Deidre and they're trying to take photos of you know the handoff of the the case whatever and like who's there get these photo evidence so he goes to this whole spiel about like sir can you take a photo of me and my wife and they're clicking away and it's like can you take a photo of just my wife okay now let me take a photo of the two of you and it's like who the hell is getting away with this <laughs> he's Columboing this he's shit. lucky that that tourist kept going yeah and was yeah like, totally what yeah. do you mean what the fuck are you, what the what? Fuck are you talking about you're right yeah. because he's so confident they just believe it you know oh yeah they just believe that yeah oh yeah 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 sure yeah i'll take a photo of your wife i guess and the know? fake shotgun i don't know what they were the I, fake I think they gunshot were... yeah the yeah, idea that yeah, he yeah. could trigger the bodyguards by dropping a sign near them yeah. Is so many. Well, there's so many. I, I can't remember. I, I, I'll find in my notes eventually before we're done here. But there was one that's like these leaps are impossible, you know, which I guess goes with the territory where he's making impossible leaps of understanding to resolve the case or to like, how could he mm. have possibly foreseen that? But I will say for the most part, it hangs together. I kind of like this heightened like it does. It does work on me. It's a uh, and it's another way that I see this as a progenitor of like your John Wicks is they also do this thing where they create this mystical world of crime that is going on behind the scenes that I don't believe really exists to that level of you know what I mean? Where there's a network of sophistication. And they, yeah. I they don't, all I don't regularly think, like, work together and it's stable. Like I don't believe that can happen. No. Yeah. yeah. But I well, like the well, idea. It's never it's never stable. All their contacts are constantly uh fucking up or betraying them Dying. but the That's fact true. that everyone knows like several guys um, everyone yeah. has fixers yeah everybody everybody has a, a rolodex of other criminals uh which i i do like the conceit uh but yeah it's uh it's debunked pretty quickly in these movies it's hard to buy mm. right especially if every mission goes like the mission in ronin i don't see how this is a thing you can do multiple times no. like it all collapse yeah. I even mean, if reservoir dogs taught us anything it all collapses in on itself but yet i just love the idea of a gentleman criminal who's like somehow knows so much about oh well that type of gun jams when you point it that way so i'm fine uh it definitely has a mystique 
I, I love oh, it's cool. Yeah. Every single time. It's uh it's cool. Yeah, yeah you, you see it from the very beginning when De Niro stashes that gun. Uh mm. that he doesn't end up needing like a lot of the stuff they do show him not ending up needing. Yeah. Um but he's right almost uh every single time. He's that's why the CIA boys are the best ones. Oh, he's, he's always, always prepared. Right. Yeah. He just Everybody guesses, else is stupid. All these Europeans are idiots. Uh, he he need- guesses that Sean Bean didn't go to Hereford and is lying about it. And then he just pushes him on it and he crumbles. And then the guy's like, how did you know what color the boathouse in Hereford is? And he's like, fuck, should I know? I didn't. I just am that good a judge of character, which is also yeah. I always get off on like the idea of someone who can cold read you. I mean, that goes back to Sherlock Holmes and it's. Still oh, pretty yeah. Cool, yeah. Oh, who doesn't love that scene in a movie? Are you fucking kidding me? It's like it's sexy. It's like, oh, my God, you <laughs> yeah. got his ass, Rob. Yeah, it's just hilarious to me that Frankenheimer is like super old school. Like he's like John Ford. He's like, I don't care about homages or literary shit. I just want to make a movie that moves, you know? It's like the title is as deep as the metaphor gets. Like it's not right. even it's so surface level. It is and it doesn't work all the way. <laughs> yeah, there's no I mean, I I because the twist is kind of the same, I couldn't not compare it to Reservoir Dogs where everyone's trying to get the thing and at the right. end the guy admits he was a cop the whole time. And Reservoir Dogs, or I'll just say the emotional impact, which I don't think Frankenheimer's trying to do. So it's intentional, but it's an interesting difference how you can tell almost the same exact story. A bunch of criminals betray each other. One gets the money and one is a cop. Um, And you could play it Reservoir Dogs style where it's like a brutal, emotional gut punch. Or you can play it this way where it's just like, like, I don't know. It almost felt like, you know, when Renault turned back at the end, I really thought he was going to say, and hey, thanks for everything. Like, it, it feels yeah. that cliche. Uh, yeah, it didn't right. go that far, but it is very much like De Niro and Renault bumping fists. <laughs> They're cool. Right. Yeah, they're super cool. Look how cool this is. And yeah, it, is. It, it really it's is. Fun. It, it feels like this movie feels the need to explain so much while explaining so little at the same time. Like, there's no reason Jean Reno's character is sticking with De Niro this whole time. He could have bailed a long time ago. The whole yeah, mission I fell guess apart. That was something, like, I didn't, I, I didn't ever fully grasp. It was like, how did these two become, like, the best friends in this? Like, he's just another good dude. We're ju- we just like him. <laughs> like, but yeah, probably he's just the only other one that's, like, as competent or at least, like, has the same level yeah. of confidence as De Niro. And yeah, De Niro, De Niro, yeah that. De Niro, like, just likes the cut of his jib. He's the only one he didn't take down or prove to be a fraud or uh, someone who's going to stab them in the back. So <laughs> we keep him. Oh, yeah. And that, man, that's, it went over my head, but that's totally doesn't make sense in the sense that it, it ends with Renault saying, no questions, no answers. That's the business we're in. You accept it and move on. Maybe that's lesson number three. And didn't he just get busted by De Niro? Like, isn't he part yeah. of the crime ring? Right. I, shouldn't he be he under arrest He didn't get paid. Yeah. Like, I don't think he got paid. He didn't get paid. What crime? He's not a part. He's not like, he's not with the Russians. He's not with the Irish. He's just a no. dude who is no longer getting paid for this job that he is still yeah. dragging around on. They're all dead. Yeah. yeah. That CIA sweet, one. It, by the way, he didn't get that sweet, sweet $20,000. Did you guys oh notice? Yeah. That, that, yeah. Is, 
when they said that when you get the case, you'll get twenty thousand dollars. Like, supply and demand. Yeah, not that bad. And then I think it was Stellan Skarsgård yeah. like ups his price to like fifty thousand dollars. Triples it, which means it's yeah. like yeah. sixty grand. Yeah, yeah. my He's... price has gone up three hundred percent. But uh, something I really didn't appreciate as a kid. That fuck like Skarsgård, I think, oh. is punching above his weight in this movie as far so as just fucking rules. The choice so to just be a sour, like a creepy sourpuss is such yeah. a good choice. He's a perfect villain in any like just cast. He should be every villain in every movie. A yeah. Skarsgård, at least, should be a <laughs> villain just, in every that, That's we're getting close to maximum Skarsgård. I mean, yeah. they're yeah. yeah, they're he's such a good villain. I love in the beginning. Uh, he's just the computer nerd, and I was like, "You're playing computer nerd. That that works for you." And then his his heel turn to just be like this weird rogue guy who's just given the case to the highest bidder. Uh, yeah, and he's cutthroat, man. That scene where he shoots at the small girl just so he can. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I also love that gun, by the way. That oh. like mo- Call of Duty modded <laughs> multiplayer gun. Yeah, what like, the it's fuck got was that? Extension. That looked like a Nerf gun that they spray painted black. Like that was the craziest looking weapon I've seen it, in a film. Well, he's the computer yeah, guy. He's the tech guy. He's got all the stuff. He's got all the sights and like there's like a suppressor and it's just got like too much shit on it. It really feels like sword guy energy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like it's like, oh, he like has big so sword guy super energy. cool. Yeah. Sure. He's great. I do. I do. I, we have to talk about the accent work. Yes. Oh God. That was, damn. That yes. was, uh, that was confusing. Deirdre's accent. The Northern um, Irish accent. And I, as I was watching this film, you know, she does fine work with it. Honestly, it's just a fucking crazy accent. It's a crazy accent to, like, put onto a person <laughs> who doesn't usually have that accent. And I I just, like, I, I knew. I was like, she's putting this accent on. She is. Everyone who's doing the Northern Irish accent is putting it on. It's so, I mean, I get it. They're IRA, so that does contextually make sense. Jesus, that is such a chore of all the accents to put on an actor to do. I think 20 minutes into the movie, I turned to my boyfriend and asked what, it, where is she supposed to be from? <laughs> <laughs> I could were it not. not. Were it not for Game of Thrones and Dairy Girls, I don't think I'd be able to understand her at all. But I've just gotten better at hearing that kind of accent. I also love that they're like, a lot of these character names are like Simpsons characters. Yeah. <laughs> that are yes. designed to be an archetype. Seamus yeah. O'Rourke. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Seamus. Yeah. Oh, I thought they, they were Seamus. using a slur. Yeah, I thought they were just <laughs> calling him Seamus, but his name is Seamus. <laughs> and also doing the hardcore Irish accent, like the guttural version of it, which is really funny if you've seen him in Brazil, you know, which is what I mainly love him from. And just as such a mild mannered British dude to see him as the wild eyed Irish terrorist is also fun. It's also fun. He is uh, he's he plays a villain in this that I, I don't know. He's he's good in this. I, I don't know if this is the villain he should be playing because he's normally like the creepy manipulator guy. Yeah, and like he's in, supposed uh, to be a little tougher and suaver and sleeker in this. Yeah, and more dangerous. But you don't want to uh, hear Dennis Hopper trying to do an Irish accent, you know? Yeah. Also, like he's that's just too, who it should have been. <laughs> he's also just too little. Yeah, he's mm. a little too little. He's he's too, he's he's a he's a I little mean, man. Uh, Deirdre is like 
a foot and a half taller than him. <laughs> like, yeah, she's a supermodel. With that fluffy hair of hers, she literally just walked off the runway at Paris oh, Fashion gorgeous. Week, yeah. put on that accent. It was like, all right, Jay, where's the film? I, I can't even fucking do it. It's just fucking crazy. I will also say also, just a yeah. little thing. The mm-hmm. way she articulated with her hands when she was talking about like things on the board, I, I, this just stuck with me. But she kind of clawed the case when she's like, this is the what we're after or whatever the fuck. And she oh, uh, yeah. like I... her hand articulations are bizarre in a way that I wanted to ask the question like she, she the way she was moving her hands was like she's never been in front of a whiteboard in her life. Like she's never been in a circumstance where she had to like point at something. <laughs> I don't know. Something. It, it, it truly distracted me in that initial sequence where she was like, you know. It's going to be an ambush. Like, all right, Deirdre. It's definitely distracting enough that I know the exact moment and can conjure the image in my mind. Of it's the in the trailer that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like this case and she claws at it. Was a single point like out of the question? <laughs> yeah. Was that a choice? Was I really like- I, I really enjoyed uh, uh, them. Mr. Peanut looking dude who actually had the case and just got killed. The just bald, oh, yeah. like naked mole rat guy. <laughs> That's a yeah, he was unsettling person. The Mr. Peanut looking man. In the scene where, by the way, De Niro rocket launches one of the escort cars. Fucking kind incredible. Of, yeah, I don't know how the momentum worked out, but mm-hmm. it seems like it shot the car in an impossible way. Directly like a, up. a game glitch, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. A, a wall pinch. Oh, yeah. Know? The physics of these explosions are all over the place, which is impressive because, again, they are practical. So mm-hmm. they're blowing yeah. this shit up. This is actually what it looks like. It's, yeah. It's closer than our CG and our yeah, Fast and it's Furious. More, I mean, I guess they, they probably put whatever device they needed to underneath the car instead of from the right. side where it would have got hit. So it goes up. But uh, they're thinking about like, OK, so what would go wrong here? Well, it's smash and that would compress that. So really what would explode would be like the engine or it would be the gas tank. And they're trying to stay true to that. That's like what yeah. the stunt coordinators talk about in this film and why it's well known and talked about is like at the time was a masterpiece everyone talked about this movie and its practical effects it got overshadowed because one year later you know like the matrix the came matrix. out sure. yeah you know? so it's like well that who cares about practical effects anymore this is kind of like a movie that is the last hurrah for oh, car yeah. movies like, I, we don't ha- get another like this ever again. That was that was a big thing I was thinking about when this movie ended because it, it ended and I was like, yeah, that was fun and good. I don't know how much. I mean, there were good chases. I, I enjoyed watching it. I don't know how much it would stick with me. But I think the thing that did was like, oh, they don't make this kind of action movie anymore. They don't make yeah. like these these standalone self-contained action movies that don't like. You know, this had a $55 million budget. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty, yeah. pretty big. Which is pretty decent. But like, yeah, I don't think you get action movies with car chases and big effects and set pieces anymore for like Fucking under a $100 million franchise. And a guaranteed box office return for a sequel in order to right. pay off, you know, all the investment you put in the first one. I mean, this really is a genre film. And like something that I even forget sometimes, like action movies are a genre and there are genre films within this i just think that quickly after this we started to like really reinvest in the comic book movie yeah and that kind of took over i think the action genre film yeah 
Before comic book movies, we had this type of movie, which is typified by people holding guns while bongo music plays. Like that, that's another <laughs> yeah, trope that better, really but... made me go, this is of this era, was totally. when the bongo music kicked in. And I remembered, yep. yeah, that is what they always play. I get, on I get a little flavor. Movies. I think Jason Bourne also, like the first Bourne movie, also had like hints of this kind of yeah. like true to the 20th century genre film. Um, yeah. But I think we've just kind of, I mean, the genre film still exists. The Mission Impossible movies are fucking incredible. Um, but just the accountant now, comes I, to mind for me as like a throwback to this genre. Yeah. Like they still pop up mm. now and again. Yeah. I, I just think now there has there there has to be more than just action. I mean, was it didn't Meryl Streep say like almost recently, like I never watch action films like she basically like poo pooed the whole genre of like, I don't really give a fuck about that <gasps> she stuff. She poo pooed it. Yeah, which I mean, everyone's allowed to not be into it or whatever, but um, it's just too bad. Like the thing too about the action genre film is that we've pivoted to an all ages audience for these genre films. Yes, and this yeah. is absolutely a genre film for adults, grown ups. There's not a snarky little joke, comment, side character, right. whatever yeah. that a fourteen year old might be into. Like this is for the grown folks. No one is cute except for Jonathan Price because he's so, so tiny. Because <laughs> you think he's super he's so, tiny. So tiny. Uh, uh, you're straight up spitting facts. I'm going to be honest with you. Like the, the superhero comment is especially inspired because I was going to like to me, that's when you look at the camera and how they use camera in this movie, uh, it really is. Everything is on the street. Even mm. these. Yeah. Like amazing locations that they have like the amphitheater and like the can hotel and stuff like that they're just like all right frame up and we're just like it's just like a medium wide of a person walking down the street we don't get that anymore because we have like drone cameras we have cg we have all these or yeah or they're on cranes the whole time like these crazy techno yeah. cranes um, and that came from superhero movies i think we, we need to see the world because the world is the world right. yeah as a superhero, you see the world differently than the common folk who have to walk on the streets. This movie is all about the streets, and it really feels like that's almost more than like the the filmic quality of it, the practical effects. That alone makes it feel like it's a more outdated form, and it's truly of its era than anything else. Is just how they approach the filming of it. Yeah, yeah which I is a shame because I kind of think that's that's also a cool element of this movie that I think we lose kind of in modern action is the sense that this is happening all around you. Uh, that this is happening in your world it could be happening right next to you and you're just one of these like people at the cafe next to them as they're plotting these things uh it's a cool element we don't see and there's something i that i really like about you know having these gorgeous locations all over europe um and just being on the street level of them yeah not making a big deal and just like what it gives you a feel of what it is like just to walk around on those streets as opposed to like taking in the scenery from crazy angles Mm. a good point about like it's all ground level because yeah nary a grappling hook or jumping out of a window (laughs) you know like there's some of these beats that like i i mean these are bond films you know from even prior to this uh, but yeah, they're pretty grounded in this one. Yeah, yeah it's more sure. like when we worshipped the private dick more than we worshipped the superhero. Because it's like, 
Oh, the real yeah, the right. real cool thing he did is just take his wallet and leave it under the door so the door was tilted or whatever. You know what I mean? Like right, it's always right. simple, straightforward yeah. maneuvers like that. It, it's interesting to compare it to something that you uh, more recent like nobody, which is again yeah. kind of the same thing where it's like secret secretly he's you know more powerful than you think he is and it's low stakes it's on the street he's just supposed to be a schlub and literally that's the premise is like he's your average guy and this is just going to be a knockout drag out fight through normal area like streets and houses and warehouses but when they get in a fight on the bus the camera goes CG mode and swoops through the window and you see his slow-mo fist hit his face like there we almost can't escape like yeah, yeah. E- even movies that don't need to be superhero movies are starting to have the sort of presentational vibe of a superhero yeah. movie yeah but i mean that doesn't mean it's not like no it's that just different better. i'm not saying yeah. it's better i'm just saying things are of their time and it's fun to experience both. like if columbo had like fire come out of his hands that would be, That'd pretty be cool, cool. <laughs> that'd be cool yeah. <laughs> be pretty cool yeah i just yeah i, I kind of miss seeing it and it's always nice throwback these like standalone action films that just uh tell tell their story and it's not you know you get these cool chases and cool fights and stuff but really it's all stuff that feels like it happens in your in your world and not some other crazy hyper realistic world uh there yeah. there's something that adds to the story that way and adds to like your feeling about it as a viewer now we just have all movies you know sure. cuz we have nobody mm-hmm. which is like john wick but it's like more of the mclean aspect of yeah. it where he's just like he's barely getting through this you know but we also have the james bonds you right. know like in, like kingsman and stuff like that we have like every flavor of movie now so it's tough mm. to be able to like look back at the past like in 1998 and go like oh i kind of wit like it's kind of cool that we made movies like this in the past we still do technically but well, it's wait, just like it I'm, doesn't do we feel... have like a modern like what's the most recent like departed usual suspects ronan like, what would you call the most recent thing that does feel like that? Like a sophisticated <laughs> crime thriller. The first Damn. thing that came to mind is not that recent, but a movie that I love because it was on cable all the time, which was Lucky Number Slevin. Oh, I've I actually heard yeah. that's underrated. I'll have to check that out. Or I, I like, underrated, yeah. Would Wanted even be... Wanted is good, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. But I, it feels yeah. like it's alive in so many other things because I would like there's movies I feel like we could name that would are like that's nothing. Like I mean, that yeah, movie, I'm sure there's like it's wid- like they they haven't done well recently. I'm thinking of that movie. What is it? Three five 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 or like something like Widows. The five five five. Yeah. I think Widows. Yeah. Also, that's a good good pull. That's another one. Yeah, yeah they they. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I mean, think... Casino Royale was like a gritty reboot right. of yeah. the James Bond. I guess arc, I'm thinking also like this. Sarah's comment that I think so on point, just that there's like I would eliminate it if it has a snarky joke in it. That's f- so that the four quadrant family will enjoy the movie. And that's most movies now. I can't. It's hard yeah. to think of one that doesn't. Yeah, cater to I mean, I, I do think that the recent like Christopher McQuarrie Mission Impossibles do a really nice job. I mean, they have Simon Pegg in there for yeah. like a little bit of relief, but I I find that those movies are more self-restrained in that regard and mm-hmm. they they have those levity moments, but I feel like those are more earned. 
than in other things I've seen where it's just a little bit too on the nose. It's a little bit too winky winky. Um, I got I one. Will... Oh, I got Bridget, one. Go ahead. I got one. Uh, Hell or High Water did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell or High Water was great. and was just like a, a action. Yeah. No jokes. Yes. Just adults like expressing just, themselves. Yeah. Just grown ups <laughs> robbing banks and chasing in the, each other in cars. Yeah, Wrangling. and it's like and a constant feeling of dread. Yeah, you know, like this yeah. is everyone's like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I know. Yeah, it. <laughs> there. Yeah, I guess there are movies like the first Sicario movie. Um, Good Time feels like that. There, there are a couple mm. movies that are still doing For this. Sure. But, but in the in the in the night in the late night in the eighties through nineties, they really there were so like this was a huge corner of the market. This was what my parents would go see on the yeah. nights that we were babysat. Like this exactly, was what they yeah. were waiting for. This was their adult Ooh, movie. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. parents. This is like get parents in the mood kind of movie too. <laughs> okay, so yeah, what do we think about so the reveal, <laughs> the reveal that it was a sting the whole time and he had sex with one of the witnesses or <laughs> like he Did they have sex? I don't I'm pretty sure as a CIA agent he's not supposed to bang and then release. I mean, no. that's never it, stopped James Bond. Are you fucking kidding me? It's definitely one of those reveals that the movie, even the movie doesn't want you to think too much about. Uh, yeah. the Because, like, then if you start thinking too much about the reveal, you also realize then, like, why the hell did I just watch men chase a case? Like... Right, yeah. because also he could have interceded many previous times many and gotten times. Jonathan right. Price. Right. Yeah, yeah. Th this could have been over so much quicker. It doesn't make sense why Jean Renault stays in the movie for so long. <laughs> uh, yeah, his his connection with Deirdre becomes strange and mm -hmm. wildly unprofessional. Uh, I also didn't really think Deirdre and Sam had much chemistry to speak of whatsoever when they started making out. I mean, they did the classic, like, oh, cars come and surprising. make out, whatever. But then when she, like, comes on to him, I was a little bit surprised yeah. by that. Like, I was like, really? I don't remember seeing, no. like, the sexual yeah. tension being there. But a lot, I didn't see it. A lot of times in movies, I feel like there's, like, a compulsory heterosexuality. Like, well, she's a woman, so find a man Someone... that they can make out and kiss and yeah. stuff. And it's, like, it's just so many times. I think definitely in the 90s. Yeah, it just reads false. If you have if you have a, a movie that's made for adults, someone has to at least make out in it. Like, for you sure. have all this violence. You get the PG-13 or the R rating, you know? Yeah, we I gotta think get... you're both underestimating the raw sexual energy of De Niro. <laughs> De Niro. Oh, yeah. Especially at this weird in-between age. Yeah. Where you still see his old man habits, like his frown face, uh, his nodding. His, his jowling. I have no idea how old he is supposed to be in this movie, either. None. Eternal. Anywhere yes. from 28 <laughs> to 45, yeah. Because Deirdre is a young woman, mid thir mid thirties, I would guess. Um, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous, like, yeah, supermodel, and Not I, a line I genuinely, I think he could be upwards of twenty years older than her, probably in this movie. Sure, like a Harrison Ford fifty, you know, par for the course in the nineties. Yeah, aged more more by experience than by time. Yes, <laughs> it's it's very bizarre that they. I mean, it's not that bizarre because we, we look time, back and yeah. we go, at the time, that's how the thing, the shit was. We're still not even out of that shit. Um, but it is, yeah, there's this ad hoc feeling, like you're both pointing out, that it did give me a surprise as well. I was like, 
I had forgotten about the the romance arc. I thought for in my head for some reason, because it'd been a while since I'd seen it, that it was just like all it is is cars and fucking uh, just cases. That's yeah. all this movie is cars about, and silver suitcases. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they definitely go for it, which is what I, I don't know. I don't know. They, they, there's an old school aspect about it. Sure. I'm glad that it, we're graduating it. I wouldn't say that we've gotten rid of the trope, but we've at least evolved the trope yeah. somewhat. Um, and that's good. It feels very, it gone. reads like a studio note. And I think, yeah, yeah. around this time we're yeah. starting to get the fact that like, we didn't need it. Right. No one asked for it or wanted it. Talking about comparing this film to like our modern action film. I mean, a guy and a gal hooking up. That's also part of the genre. Like, I do think that's just built into the action genre. Uh, but this has yeah. kind of been talked a lot about how like sexless a lot of films have become again, because so many films have to now appeal to literally every single age on earth in order to make its money back or justify its existence. Um, and there is part of me that I don't really miss the, oh, we're just going to have these characters hook up for the sake of hooking up. I kind of appreciate chemistry. You know what I mean? Like, I physical chemistry exists as an audience member. That's hard for me to see all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if two people just, like, jump on each other, that doesn't read as, like, real to me as maybe they have a conversation and mentally or emotionally they have something in common. Now, in real life, two people just, you know, fucking whatever flipping into making out at a bar or whatever. Okay, yeah, that happens. But again, that's a physical language between two people that I don't think an audience looking at them are privy to that same physical energy simply because we're not physically embodying these people. Unless it's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith or something. But it's yeah. part of the romanticizing of the crime, the whole thing, right? It's like Sid and Nancy. It's like Robin Hood and Mary. And it's, it's the stolen love made all the sweeter by the fact that yeah. you're both on the run and in inclement like Danger situations. Bone. But I just, yeah, I agree that I don't think it was supported here or worked here. It just felt like they had to drop it in. But I get why people want it or why they think they want it or why it's part of the fantasy. I think it's good to mention that there there's a spectra there. We don't want the the kind of sexless four quadrant shit because that feels not true to the world. Right. But we also don't want the, you know, n almost ad hoc like vision that it's just like they gotta well you two up. are the main characters you gotta fuck right you just yeah. gotta <laughs> your parts yeah. and it's just like parts both feel wrong yeah. Yeah. both of these are not right and i think that's the right answer you stupid yeah. shite you're a dead man uh, should have just shot him what? yet again a, a villain so says many... something uh, instead uh, of killing just pull the trigger man you're i done. have a shotgun in my room i'm gonna come out <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so many times that could have happened so many times i'm like yeah, again, you're not supposed to think about the twist of this movie too much. Because then you just look back and you're like, well, none of that needed to happen. Yeah. If he, if his goal the whole time was just to kill she get to Seamus O'Rourke and kill him, he could have done that right an hour and a half ago. I feel like any film in where a MacGuffin is present, you really just have to say, once you recognize like, oh, this is a MacGuffin movie, you kind of have to let go of thought. Yeah, it now exactly. Becomes, it now yeah. becomes an experience because... You can't get hung up on the shit that you don't know and you're not going to know. Because what's in right. the case? It's got to be a nuke, right? Or if it's not, it who gives a shit? Like, it's either right. a nuke or it doesn't matter. It is the yeah. formula like, to end, like, world disease or I don't really give a fuck. Right. Right. It's uh, the soul of, you know, 
don't know. <laughs> I thought it was like some really dangerous ice skates. <laughs> some very sharp oh. ice skates. And what a nice Did- addition to the film. A little break of all the action. Yeah. For an ice skating routine. To murder an ice skater. Did anyone did anyone else laugh compulsively when it cut to the wide and the sniper is following the skaters everywhere? Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I didn't know that's what they were about to reveal. And I was like, that is unintentionally funny. That is hilarious. Yeah. It's just another day at the ice rink. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that they just go for it. Like they the solution is fine, kill her. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. She didn't Jesus. need to die. <laughs> Yeah, I know. For this CIA operation to take place, it doesn't seem like they would have let that happen. That seems like it would derail the operation, right? If the Olympic figure skater died during the course of the events, you'd be like, shit, we better huddle up and decide if we need to pull (laughs) De Niro out or what we're doing here. Right. Yeah. A a Russian, because this woman is clearly a treasure, an international star. She garnered quite the crowd. They rolled out a red carpet for a ice skating performance. Which I don't know if they... It's almost like they were setting her up to be the prima ballerina, but a ballerina wasn't available. So like this actress is like skater. a for real Well, it was 98. Skater. Ice skating, figure skating was big. Well, and she's Russian. So, uh, I mean, that's when I was in the scene. Oh, of course, you would know. Christy Yamaguchi, get out of town. Like, yeah. we, we were all about the ice at this In, in 98, I certainly was. This is, this is Bridget's peak ice skating year, competitive <laughs> figure skating year. Michelle Kwan, Oksana yeah. Bayul. I, I was a Michelle know. Kwan girl. We're killing it. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I... That it's definitely the ballerina trope. It is what, what you're totally identifying, yeah, yeah. Like, which is a, like a like a soprano thing. at an opera or like the prima mm-hmm. ballerina. Like that's how they're treating it. But like, with all due respect to figure skaters, I don't think they get like the black tie, <laughs> no, white glove uh, premiere. No, that yeah, they <laughs> the fandom of of the ice skaters what a big deal that a figure skater was going to town yeah, i think like a child has like a slushy in that audience at a figure skating show <laughs> there's fucking clowns at the beginning there were Did clowns yeah there's it... two clowns just clown skating around and i was just like who the fuck is this for uh, yeah is this for children it was very weird it, yeah it feels like the movies need to or like i i don't know i think it was like a very writer compulsion to be like we have to we have to juxtapose the like cia nature with this beautiful delicate art um Mm -hmm. but it was just it was just so weird yeah john frankenheimer i don't i don't think this is a dude who has ever been to like an (laughs) ice skating show or whatever because i've actually been to several and it's um it's it's not a it's like a business casual affair at best gotcha it starts at 5 p.m it ends at 7 there's no ballet it's a non-fancy play you know, yeah. you're just going out to, to a play or something or yeah. whatnot. Fuck or a movie. figure skaters. Those white trash <laughs> fucking whoa. shitty whoa, whoa, whoa. rodeo whoa. clown whoa. ass. You can't see it. They're half of our audience is ice skaters. <laughs> whoa. Also, whoa. Come on, man. Uh, I no, you, you know, you know, I love a I skater. I could have I been someone in that world. I could have been someone. But no. Horse dressage or get the fuck out. <laughs> horse, dr- horse dressage or fancier. That's all we accept. Uh, out of all of my athletic pursuits, uh, that was the one I got closest with. <laughs> Until you got bludgeoned by a pipe. You know what this competed with at the box office? Uh, oh. Another, it's equivalent 
not heist film, but like yes. action movie that beat this. Slot I've been doing was... really well at the box office game. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately, so uh, let's see, ninety-eight. Uh, give Roll it... the dice. Give, Bridget, give me a lead I would be actor. shocked if you if you can. Get I can't. This. If I give you one oh, of it, the actors, it's, Ocean's it's Eleven. A no, Ocean's no. Eleven came no. out in two thousand one. Michael, yeah, um, nice, nice heist film. It's not a heist film; it's an action movie. Action movie. Two it, male stars. Is it a Die Hard? No, no. All right, this is going to be too difficult. <laughs> too difficult. It's all right. Rush Hour. Rush, Rush hour. hour is what this was up against. A trilogy. Comedy. Totally mm, different. Vibe. A trilogy. Oh, a trilogy. Wait, I remember now why we. Our, our conversation basically hour. about like how the, the you know, like the uh, blockbusterfication of action movies yeah. and like heist movies and the smaller genres that they're in. Uh, like, I think Rush Hour is one of the movies we look to. I, I'd say like Men in Black as well. Yeah. We look to where it's just like take any genre and then make it like you can marvel it up. You just throw in some like uh, quirky comic relief. Uh, and you just make it like, let's right. take a martial arts film, but let's make it like and you funny make it, in this particular way. Yeah, and and you make it something the whole family can go to, or right. understand, and or wrap their heads around. I will. Re- we I assume Sarah and I will rewatch Rush Hour one of these days and mm-hmm. decide whether it was appropriate <laughs> for us to see as children. We, we <laughs> Bridget, we actually had a big conversation about. Yes, Rush Hour, but then we determined that um, the director of Rush Hour was too problematic to act. (laughs) So I'm cracking up like, oh, yeah, Rush Hour is a trilogy. Ooh, do we like that? Like, we already did this. We we had that. We went through this. We We desperately keep wanting to bring up my favorite film in this genre of all time, which is The Negotiator. But it's got a big old spacey in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Real big Mm. spacey. But big Ronin vibes, big Ronin vibes on big that Ronin. movie as well. For yeah. sure. Speaking of which, uh, De Niro is almost an anagram of Renault. And if you combine them, you can spell oh. Ronin with some letters left over. Wow. That's why they pay you the big bucks, Michael. Well, thank you. Is little takes like that that really I'm, you can't sent, hear it, take but us I'm home. bowing. That's, yeah, no, <laughs> clap, 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 clap. I also wanted to ask if Abe noticed how many diopter shots there were in the first few sequences of this. Film. I did I notice know there were quite a few. And by the way, five points to Michael. Thank you. Wow. Oh, now he's at zero. Uh, there's several diopter shots. Uh, the in joke here for both of you is that I hate diopter shots. Split <laughs> yeah. diopter is when you can manage the focus of two different planes in a single shot, uh, and it's a piece of equipment that you use. And I argue it's a useless shot. I mean, it sucks. I agree. It's confusing. To me, it's like the Willem scream where, like, I I hear it, I recognize it, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's that thing, and it it almost takes me out of the movie because it's like, oh yeah, I know the technical term for what this it's is. It's a very loud, and you know, I can't get angry at a tool. You know, like it's like getting angry at a screwdriver. It's just a piece of equipment, but it's just so loud, and people use it like saying everything in the shot is important. And I'm like, yeah. or maybe you prioritize as a director. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you decide what's important. Or maybe and you, that's where my yeah. reaction comes from. I did like the one with Deidre's eye and uh, Seamus O'Flaherty, the third, the Harari, whatever <laughs> the fuck. 
is like kind of yeah. speaking into her ear when they're going up the escalator. I thought it was effective there. Yeah, if no, I could be I mean, an apologist, I have yeah. to apologize. <laughs> I like folks I different speak. strokes. I think <laughs> what I really like though is what we were talking about is the like just when it, it's basic bread and butter stuff, which was going from low helicopter shots to POV shots of the camera mounted on the car to shots mm-hmm. through the windshield back to helicopter shots. And you're like, yeah, almost <laughs> feels like the the way the news would cover a car chase. You know, Actually, it's like yeah. you're barely keeping right. up with it. Uh, yeah, you feel like a fly on the wall. It's very cool. Yeah. And there's a lot of really good work. I mean, it really is considered to be Frankenheimer's masterpiece. Like He's made a lot of good movies. Yeah, it's very um like on the the more actiony stuff from Hitchcock, yeah. it's very speaks like think of North by Northwest. It's For very sure. like that paranoia, like we see it in a lot of the scenes that, you know, where he's like looking at every doorway yeah. and stuff like that. You get that vibe of just like something is not right here all the time and yeah. we need to figure out what's wrong. Um Frankenheimer gets that tone and he puts it on screen by doing things like you know what's funny we mentioned born alt uh, born identity and the way that that movie tried to do that is by doing everything handheld like mm-hmm. it's a doc but yeah. it totally doesn't fit especially cuz they're cutting like every 10 seconds. This one is so much more better at making you feel like a fly on the wall and like you're at any point kind of like the thing that Tarantino wants us to do with you know like uh with with, with Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction it's like at any point someone can come through this door and just shoot everybody like right. that's what we're fearing and you get that a lot like you're the De Niro's character um does such a good job that character does such a good job at putting you in that place because he you know he he's of this world he knows that you're not going to have theoretically if you're just hired to do some sort of criminal job you're not supposed to have all the answers you just do your job and leave as Renault says but he him being like this is letting you into this is strange i need these answers so i can do my job uh really puts you in that place of like something's not right the one dude i can trust in here who who seems to also know something is not right is validating me uh that part of it does a lot to like add to that that mm. feeling you're talking really about it really is mm. kind of cool and you like not unique but like yeah. Definitely something we haven't gotten a lot of recently. Yeah, it, yeah, it's done well. Uh, a character, your main character being a couple's steps behind, even though still being cool and in command of every situation, uh, I feel is not something you see as much anymore. Or mm-hmm. people try like a like a cool main character just trying to get answers out of people. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. figuring something yeah. out, yeah. I think we nailed it. What other thoughts do we have about the movie Ronin? Uh... Um, just to go, I mean, just kind of a final thought, because we've been kind of comparing the modern action movie to this. I will right. say something that the modern action film has that I probably could have used a little bit more of in this film, quite frankly, is like the emotional world of these people. Um, I wish I could have learned, I I understand, you know, part of the knowing is the not knowing for this film. Um, Mm. by and large though, I would have liked to have known like just maybe one fun fact about each of these people or like maybe have like a little bit more of an emotional world instead of this like (sighs) bleak, cool, no one's talking, no one's really answering questions. Um, 
Uh, it's it's effective. I would say I would also say that I could have afforded like a little bit more knowledge or a little thawing in into real emotion. Because, yeah, when it when it wanted me to feel real feelings, it usually failed. That's when. Yeah. It fell down. Yeah. And, it, and, like, it, and yeah. it failed because it wasn't earned at that point, because it was like, well, I don't really know who these people are. Why should I give a motherfucker? They're just a bunch of machinations that go against each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. When I finished this movie, my boyfriend had seen it a couple times, loved it. And I and I enjoyed it. I just he, he left. He gave me the very excited like, so what did you think? And I was like, there is still uh, some sort of like connection point with the characters that I was missing. And I think that's what yeah. Sarah was talking about. Like, I, I I think maybe like the shoehorned love plot line made that worse or it, just more visible. Yeah. But like it pointed it out and said, here's the thing that usually they get right. And this has no chemistry. And whatsoever. this has no chemistry. So, yeah. yeah so at the end of the movie. You walk away, everything's revealed, and you're kind of like picking up the pieces of that and being like, that was cool. Did it hold together? Do I care about these people enough? I don't know. But I, but I, enjoy, I enjoyed the ride. Am I go- yeah, but it left, it left that, that thing for me of, of a movie that makes it a movie I love, which is am I still going to be thinking about it for a while after? And uh, I'll think about the chases. But I don't think there's like anything big about the movie that, that quality. Yeah, it's yeah. not kind of, saying it, anything it, in particular. It fucks a little bit with the stakes when these are characters that like I don't really know them. So any one of them could die at any point, and I wouldn't have a <gasps> no. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like okay, I get it. Like they're all it's it's a cast of Han Solos, and it's like I mean someone could be I don't know their wife Ali- died. Yeah, you know I like it not. I don't need it to be like that ham fisted, but. Just a little bit more of getting to know these people emotionally and as real human beings instead of in this world where they really are like pieces on a chessboard. Yeah, they're action figures. uh, And it's you really see the Tarantino influence there because that's how almost all of his films work is like. What is her purpose? What is his or her purpose to get the case? Cool. Yeah. Why do they want the case? There's money in it or something like who cares? Yeah. They they (laughs) have wants. They have all the things that they teach in screenwriting school. You know, it's all that stuff. But it's like when you actually do get to the emotional weight of it, it's like, what's the conflict really trying to say? Why do you care? As opposed to, you know, like anything else. Uh, I do think that they do miss that because they emphasize the coolness factor. It's like why I don't care about James Bond as well. Even though James Bond, you spend more on screen time with him and he's quote unquote charming. Like he never is pushed, you know, it was only, only until like Casino Royale, did we get that archetype even being questioned. Mm. And this is still of that old time where it's like hearkening to like, like we're talking about all the references, like, like the detectives and the, you know, the private dicks of, uh, of, yesteryear that's that's the immutable kind of emotions that we get from our all of our characters and it's very uh distancing yeah i mean that's it i still don't need the nudge nudge wink wink look at camera like uh guys you're gonna want to see this like (laughs) it doesn't need to be that extreme but yeah a little personality robert why Mm -hmm. don't you smile Mm -hmm. more huh (laughs) <laughs> yeah. come on you're so pretty bobby when you d. smile bobby d bobby, bobby. give us a smile come on give bobby. Us a smile, bobby 
you mentioned Brazil earlier, mm-hmm. Michael. I usually do. They're both in Brazil. Yeah. And I just realized that now. Oh, I always forget totally. De Niro is, but of course he yeah, is. Yeah, De Niro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally different roles. <laughs> also, Let's watch Brazil. If you take mm-hmm. the letters in De Niro and the letters in Renault and you have them cancel out each other, oh, so God. that like all the letter all that's left is ID, like we lost Michael. He has not been listening. Pure id. <laughs> He's not been listening for the last half hour, <laughs> which is usually a good time for us to kind of, kind of call it there. I guess <laughs> at least for our Ronin conversation. That's the vibe I, I'm throwing out. <laughs> that's the vibe he's throwing out. I uh, want to thank again uh, Nikolai, Nikolai G and the international listener from the frozen Canadian wastes. That's his words. And not to mine, Nikolai right? specifically, uh, again, just kidding about the figure skaters, obviously. Um, your nation mm-hmm. puts up some incredible athletes every four years <laughs> at the Winter Olympics. Like that couple. We are Ugh. literally recording this episode on National Respect Canada Day. That is not oh! a joke. So oh! You best come correct. That's right. I heard that on your even more news. <laughs> That's right. It's today. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Respect Canada Day. Yeah, yeah. Wayne Gretzky. I don't I do not observe. <laughs> yeah, unobserved <laughs> in, in America, in parentheses, not observed. <laughs> not observed. <laughs> uh, but this mm. is fun. What a great conversation. I thought it was going to be mayhem, and we were all very well behaved, I thought. we, Yeah, we, we came on our best behavior. We're professionals. Well, you gave us, you gave us like a real adult movie to watch. Yes. Abe, yes, I, I actually swapped your recorder with a bomb that's about to go off. And <laughs> oh, I'm no. Running the other way. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, so what, what you got, what, what you all have got working on? Uh, what do you, you want to plug anything? You want to do any of the plugs? Uh, I mean, you can uh, follow follow me on Twitter at Bridget Tweets. Uh, that's three T's in a row right in the middle. If you don't already, that's uh, where I where I post the things I'm doing when I can post them. It's a lot of tea for cool. your book. Uh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am also on Twitter at SK underscore Griffith. Uh, Bridget and I are working our way through this super cute How to Train Your Dragon movies on Shooting Threes. We're talking about mm-hmm. cats and dragons and other cute animals because Toothless is so darling. Um, and a little teaser, but Bridget and I are working yeah. on a series together and we don't have a lot of information to share right now but in the coming months we will so it's gonna be on those places yeah yeah, stay tuned at our twitter because we've got a cool project and we want everyone to help us and by that i mean give us money but we'll talk about that at a later time um thank you for following us and thank you for listening to our many shows and thank you to michael and abe for not only having us on this podcast but also have us on the network. We love the Small Beans Network. Well, we love to have you. You guys do excellent work. Follow them. Collect all the beans. Complete all the set. Them. You need to get the BS Division limited edition set of Small Beans. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you got anything else? Nah, man. We're just Grimdower professionals. I think we should all just look eye to eye, nod curtly, and walk into the distance, never to speak to each other again. Mm-hmm.
This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!